As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. This is the Civilized Barking Podcast with Zach Jackson. Well, everybody, thanks for coming to Civilized Barking. Disappointing, um, strange day for the Browns, but they're not dead yet. Um, gosh, it kind of feels like they should should be. Gosh, it kind of feels like um, they're extremely lucky. Uh, Zach Jackson and Jason Lloyd here. Jason, I'll just say I've never had a cigarette in my life, but right now, like an hour after this game, I'm not sure whether what I need more, a cigarette or a shower. Yeah, I think there's a lot of Browns fans looking for something stronger than cigarettes at this point. So much to get to, so much to unpack. Uh, I was texting with you before the game. I I think it's ridiculous the NFL even made them play this game. I know you can say no excuses, and certainly the defense let them down. I I, I you know, I, and I guess we can get into this as we go. But I guess my blame with the NFL is not building in an extra week early in the season, knowing that this was a possibility, building an extra week, start the playoffs a week later for something like this to occur. Instead, you're making teams play. You're rewarding teams that didn't follow protocol and you're punishing teams that did. And that makes zero sense to me. Why you would push the Ravens game back again and again and again. And I understand, like you told me in a text, they had 20 up, they had 20 cases, whereas the Broncos had one and the Browns had one. But you're forcing a team to play a game missing their entire positional group. And by the way, this one had a lot riding on it. You know, I'm not making an excuse for the Browns because they probably still should have beat the Jets, but the NFL did them no favors in making them play this game. And I think that's ridiculous. Yeah, no, it comes down to everything would be different if there was a week 18 plugged in, but there was not. So in week 16, when the positive test and it's only one comes on Saturday morning and the game's on Sunday, week 16 was already underway. Right. Um, I, it's hard. It's been hard. Um, as you were talking, my phone beeped and I made the mistake of picking it up. And someone said the Browns today are both the luckiest and unluckiest team. And that's a great way to say it. Right. Like they were really unlucky to not have their guys really unlucky to have to go play that game. Um, and really bad in the game. And, you know, there are excuses for that. I guess at the core, there's no excuses. But the Colts are whomping on the Steelers. I'm only following the scores. Obviously, I'm watching the Browns. 
the Steelers, who have been dead for four weeks, are suddenly resurrected from the dead, win the game. And now you have a situation, and I think we have to start here, Jason. Um, if the Browns are 11-5, and five, which right now they're 10-5, and five, so that assumes a win next week. If the Browns are 11-5 and five, and they are involved in a multi-team tiebreaker with other teams 11-5, and five, they will beat the Colts in that tiebreaker, and they will go to the playoffs as the seventh seed. So that is the way we understand it. Um, hours of breaking it down, analyzing, checking with people smarter than me, smarter than us. Um, that is the way we know it. That's the way we're going to say it. We Tennessee hasn't played, but as long as Tennessee, um, you know, finishes tied with the Colts, the Colts can't pass Tennessee. The Steelers have clinched the division. It's there a win and in situation for the Browns. It would have been a win and in situation Sunday. They lost to the New York freaking Jets, who were two and thirteen. Um, but the big thing is, in what's an ultra successful season in what's been so positive, and the team had played so well for more than a month headed into this clunker, you're still alive. And so you feel a little dirty. You feel a little exhausted, exasperated, frustrated. I could keep going on, but you're alive. And in late December, that's what counts. So many places to go with this. So much to talk about. I'm not really sure. I mean, do we talk about the Steelers and whether or not Ben plays next week? They're still playing for seeding. They can still fall to the third seed. Does that matter to them if Buffalo passes them? For the yeah, the seeding seed? to me, it, it really doesn't matter. I mean, here's how I read it. Yes, the Steelers are an older team. And, you know, Ben is is rickety. And, you know, guys like Cam Hayward and Stephon Tuitt and Joe Hayden, who are so important to them, have been in this league forever and have produced in this league forever. But the Steelers need to find themselves, you know. Um, Tomlin wouldn't commit to it. I don't think this week he will commit to it. I see a scenario where the Steelers starters start, maybe all but a couple, and, and Hayward and Tuart, you know, come to mind, and then they're yanked. So then you get Mason Rudolph. Um, but the Steelers aren't good enough, haven't played near well enough to really sit anybody. And even if they were to sit Deontay Johnson, like, well, you can't do that. He, he hasn't caught the ball. Juju Smith-Schuster has dropped off your number one receiver chart. Like, Chase Claypool's a rookie. You don't sit him, right? So you look at in the trenches where DeCastro's been in and out all year and Pouncey's an older guy. I mean, that, that would be the big thing. Maybe Ben plays half the game. Maybe Pouncey sits. Maybe Hayward sits. Um, then it's a no excuses. But you know what, Jason? Let's, let's get right to it. This is no excuses for the Browns anyway. Either the Browns are a playoff team or they're not. They lost to the New York freaking Jets, and I admit all those things, and all those things that Kevin Stefanski won't claim as excuses, I will claim as excuses. I mean, watching that offense today was awful. The Browns flat out stunk for three quarters in that game, and they got what they deserved. But somehow they're alive, and they have to summon the energy, the effort, and if they're a playoff team, by the grace of God and whomever else, they get a chance to prove it. Imagine saying before the game the Browns are going to have no receivers available and Baker's going to fling it over 50 times. Whew. That that makes absolutely no sense. It was pretty obvious early on that – and Kevin kind of said it in the postgame presser. He said it happened so late in the week, there really was no time to adjust the game plan. You, you keep going with what you came in intending to do. And it was obvious early on the Browns were not swaying from what they do. And what they do is they start Baker in shotgun get him going with a couple easy pitch and catches, and then you bring in the run game, and then you put Baker under center and go play action. And and that was that seemed to be the formula that they started off with again today, but without having Jarvis Landry and some of those other guys to throw it to, 
I'm just astounded that we got to the point, and I understand they fell behind. But in a game against the Jets with no receivers, Baker threw the ball over 50 times. Yeah, um, and that's a failure. But, like, let's take a step back now. Um, You had eight rushes for four yards in the first half. Yeah. Right? And who you are, and this is pre-Baker getting hot and post-Baker getting hot, is you're a dominant offensive line with a dominant run game that opens everything else up, right? Jarvis has been great, Richard's been great, and Baker is a completely different guy in the second part of the year. But the run game is still what you have that's clearly better than almost everybody else, right? Now all of a sudden you don't have Jedrick Wills or Wyatt Teller. You're a very pedestrian offensive line. I mean, you got great competitors and pros and good players, but you're not dominating anybody. And the Jets just won this game at the line of scrimmage. Yes, they took the ball away from Baker three times, but they closed the running lanes. They got to him a couple more times. Um, it, it just, and really, in the third and fourth quarter, when the Jets needed to run to give themselves a little breathing room and keep the Browns at bay, they won on that side of the line of scrimmage too. So, really, just a, a an embarrassing effort from there. But clearly, to go back to the valid excuses, the Browns are good when they're good on both lines. They sucked on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, the Jets just put eight, nine in the box and said, what are you going to do? And and the Browns just didn't have the personnel to to move them and to create lanes and to open holes for these guys. And, and again, I go back to 50 passes. It's just stunning in a day when you had no receivers. Uh, you know, I wonder if you had the receivers, are you going to throw it 50 times? You know what I mean? Like if all those guys are available, is Baker finishing the game with 50 throws? It just it doesn't feel like it. But, you, you know, on the other side, there's really no excuse defensively. I mean, yeah, they were missing their leading tackler. They're, they had personnel losses. But for to to give up the big plays to this Jets team that they did, there's really no excuse for it in the secondary. No. Um, you were down two linebackers and you lost two more, so that's concerning. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. And guys, I don't know what's up with Jedrick Wills. He was placed on the COVID list. And he didn't, he didn't test positive. He was a close contact. He was activated from the COVID list Saturday, traveled on his own to the game, and came up ill and was scratched on Sunday. That tells me he might test positive for COVID. And if yep. he does, he's out minimum 10 days. All right. Teller has missed two weeks with an ankle. You need him. You, you just need him. Nick Harris is a nice player. He's a nice story. He's been ready and saved your ass last week. But he's not Wyatt Teller. No one is Wyatt Teller in that spot. That is the perfect marriage of scheme and coaching and a player reaching his potential and giving you that identity to do different things and let your guards eat. You have one of the best guards in the league in Joel Batonio. He's been that for 50 years, right? And you put another one next to him and all of a sudden you dominate. So um, again, like 
you couldn't really push it down the field today. You don't have the savvy route runners. You don't have the chemistry. You need your tight ends. And they're dropping passes. Like, Hooper and Bryant made some plays. They're a key part of this offense. You can't give them anything above a C for for this game either. I mean, guys have to make plays. The Browns still could have clinched a playoff spot today, and the Browns laid an egg. Add cream onto that list. He had an easy drop in the the flat on a big play. It could have been a big play for them. Uh, you know, you, you hope in this, in a situation like this, somebody emerges, somebody steps up and says, put it on me and I'm going to carry us today. And, and nobody, nobody on the Browns did that. Baker was terrible with, with the, it, he, and credit to him. He took one question in his post game and, and just said, I'm going to answer all the questions here with one statement said, put it on me. This is my fault. I can't put the ball on the ground. I put it on the ground three times, uh, took full accountability for it. And and not all of it was his fault because, like we just said, he had a lot of a lot of help on drops, uh, but just didn't play well. The, the to fumble on the on the on the sneak obviously was crushing. I thought he held it too long at times. Certainly on the fumble deep in their own end that led to the last field goal. You just you just felt like he was holding it too long. I don't know if he was waiting for something to develop down the field, uh, but just a really really disappointing performance. Like you know we we talk about franchise quarterbacks. And and this is what you pay these guys for is for situations like this to find a way to win a game. And he didn't get a whole lot of help from the people around him, from the people that he counted on. But just just really disappointing, I guess, to me that, like I said, this is a day where you're expecting somebody to say, put it on me. I'm going to I'm going to get get this win for us. And they didn't have anybody do that. Yeah. I mean, for a minute, it looked like it might be Miles Garrett. Right. Um, yeah. For a brief stint, it looked like it might be Nick Chubb. Um Denzel Ward continues to be awesome. Like it. Yeah. Look, up until the Titans game, Jason, which was three weeks ago today. Yeah. The best thing you could say about the Browns' resume is they had avoided that bad loss, and yep. that that's not sexy, but that's how you win in the NFL. That's how you get to where you want to go, advance yourself up a line, whatever that line may be. Well, today they couldn't do it. Picked a really bad day to have a bad day, and they got bailed out by the Steelers coming back. And all that breaking their way. Um, if you were scoreboard watching or game watching last night in the Miami Las Vegas game, you see how close it is. And the Browns still had chances today. Um, it thoroughly outplayed for basically seventy-five percent of the game. Right? Still had chances. You you just you have to do it. And, and so again, it's not it's never all on Baker. And he has played well, and in many ways shut me up for a month. But now. Everything from this season is on the line next week, and he's against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I, I, I mean, <laughs> he's got to deliver, or it's going to be a hell of a long offseason. Yeah. It, it, you know, you hit, basically what it comes down to is you have the last two weeks to win one game, and you're in. Yeah. And if, if they go 0-2 to end the season, they have nobody to blame but themselves, even, with, even though I think the league absolutely screwed them today. Uh, no one's going to change my mind otherwise. Even with all they had working against them, if you go zero and two, you lose your last game at home to your rival. At least you know you think it's your rival. Then you really have nobody to blame but yourself, and and it's a shame that such a terrific season is, is down to that because it has been a great year. But that's the reality that they face uh, face right now, and and we'll see. I'm curious to see if if we get Mason Rudolph versus Miles Garrett next week. I'm really fascinated to see that. You mentioned that you threw that out a week or so ago. And and now it could come to that. And speaking of Nostradamus, let's just let's just get them all out. Everything that you've called, 
you called last week on this pod, something like this could happen. And it did. And in our text message, in our text exchange before the game, you said, you know, I think the Browns are going to win. The Jets are poorly coached. They're not a very good team. But one fluke break goes goes against you, and suddenly you're down 10-3. And by God, that's exactly what happened with the Baker turnover. And the Jets go up 13-3, to and and it was an uphill battle from there. So you're three for three in, in, in calling things here the last week or so. Well, I'm smarter than I look. That's always been my shtick. It hasn't really gotten me um, <laughs> too many places. But no, look, um, that last prediction was based upon the fact that I thought the Giants totally melted um, early in that game and gave away points. Right, and you yep. just knew with the Browns, with the shape of things, that they couldn't give away points. They they could get down. I mean, they showed some life, but even without those guys, and it was clear right away the offense wasn't going to be the same. You didn't score a touchdown for the first forty minutes against the New York Jets, right? That's just not a winning formula. Um, the Jets did not call a timeout right before the half to guard the sidelines when the Browns had no timeouts. They throw the out to Hooper to make it a closer field goal. He doesn't catch it, like. You know, it yep. just eventually like teams are going to take away what you're doing. And when you don't have those guys to make the plays, and this is totally what I'm doing is crediting how Landry and Higgins and Peoples Jones and in, in his few opportunities have, have provided a new dimension. You know, not only does Baker trust them, but when the ball's a little bit off or when they have to improvise, they go get it. Well, now all of a sudden, Jamarcus Bradley, and then as we saw with Harrison Bryant missing opportunities and Hooper a couple times too. Like, if you don't have that, a long day gets longer. 53 passing attempts, sacked four times. The Browns ran 75 plays, did not get to 300 yards. That's four a play. And 57 of those 75 plays were, were called dropbacks or, or called passes. Uh, I think Stefanski would like to have it back, but I think it's a product of the circumstances. And on Kareem, on Austin, on Bryant, those guys have to make the plays. There's no expectation for Jamarcus Bradley to make the play, right? There is at the end um, because because you put yourself in that desperate spot. But those guys have to deliver. And the Browns who dressed today flat out didn't deliver. Sheldon Richardson played his ass off in the first half as he always does. Miles yeah. Garrett did too. Denzel Ward throughout the game. But, I mean, on that first touchdown – all Berrios did was wait for Carl Joseph to get caught peeking and jog right by yep. him. I mean, that's something yep. that they plotted out all week long, right? After the first drive, all they did was start running misdirection and watching Brown's guys over pursue. And then the middle of the field and the counteraction was wide open. Um, is that coaching or is that personnel? Because I've said all year, I'm not going to kill Joe Woods. He's anything to work with. This defense doesn't have very much talent on it. But the stuff that you're describing, is that scheme or is that just bad talent and bad decisions? Yeah, it's, it's both. It's taking advantage of, of personnel matchups. It's it's knowing what you're going to get from the scheme, You know what kind of coverage you're going to get in a situation, and then saying, hey, we're just going to flat out beat Carl Joseph here. Or we're just going to flat out run two guys to the middle, and we're pretty sure that these linebackers are going to blow the coverage on at least one of them. Like that's, yeah. <laughs> that's what it is here on a, on a surface you know level looking at it. So I still think really highly of Kevin Stefanski and his play calling and his play design and what they did all week. I mean, the only thing that was the same is Kendall Lamb had to practice all week because Wills was on the COVID list. But all of a sudden, you don't have Landry who's on a tear. You know, I wrote about his numbers last week. Basically more catches over the last four weeks than the rest of the season. Certainly more touchdowns, more big plays, more more targets, more reliable plays. Higgins playing the best of his career consistently 
Peoples Jones only playing 13 or 15 snaps a game and making two 30 yard catches. You know, um, you lose that and you just don't have that. So you had to go a different route. And so that's when you need those balls to be caught and those third downs to be converted and those blocks to be made. And, and look, this is the Baker Mayfield experience. He's been great. This offense fits him. They found a groove. Today he had to drop straight back and play from the pocket. And he's not good enough. And you'll never win anything when Baker Mayfield has to play from the pocket. So um, sobering day, disappointing day. But a chance to beat the Steelers, a chance to get in and really, you know, end this year. Although it wouldn't end this year, it would extend this year, right? But really icing on the cake, I guess, of what has been a good year. Which is why this stings. I mean, Jason, how many times have we done this? And we just both like, okay, we touched the three main points. Here's who they play next week. I mean, the Browns lost. But here you just feel genuinely like disgusted more than disappointed because they got their asses kicked by the New York Jets. Yeah. Yeah. They And, and you know, this isn't going to get talked about very much probably because of everything else going on. But how concerning should you be about the Browns special teams and namely Cody Parkey? I really thought he was going to get cut after the Ravens game. Like, I wasn't kidding. I really thought he was going to get – like, they cut Siebert after one game against the Ravens when he missed a field goal and extra point. And, it, it you know, it winded up not mattering quite as much because of the Baker turnover late. That was a huge missed extra point that he had in the moment. And I, I just don't know how much faith they have in him. I mean, sending Gillen out, okay, it's, it's definitely out of Cody Parkey's range to kick a 60-yarder. So, you know, whatever. I don't read that too much into that. But Kevin Stefanski's already proven that he does not have a long leash on kickers. And I just I and I know week 16, week 17 is not the time to go shopping for a new kicker, but I just don't know how you can have a whole lot of faith in Cody Parkey right now. No, you have no faith in Cody Parkey. Um the, the special teams have stunk all year and today, really. I mean, you had Gillen kick the field goal because Parkey can't do it. Well, Gillen can't do it either. So much for that. Um yeah. the roughing the punter penalty, right? The Jets the Jets leave the door open by kicking it out of bounds, but yeah, no, that's yep. a big concern. And, um, you know, I'm pretty sure it's not going to be at 820 next week now that the Steelers have clinched the division. In fact, I'm c- totally sure it might be at 425. Um, I don't know what it was like at your house, Jason, but we got eight inches of snow on Christmas Eve and Christmas. And, you know, that's only the game is only seven days away. Like, Brown Steelers next week, Mason Rudolph or no Mason Rudolph, is going to be first to 20 wins, right? Like, <laughs> You could easily be down two, and your playoffs could be on the line. Or you could easily score the tying touchdown at any point in the game and just need to know you're going to make the PAT. Now, I disagree with you in that they're going to cut him because I still think that they think he's clearly better than Matthew McCrane, who's their practice squad option, who was kicking in the XFL last year. Um, Teams are keeping a kicker on the practice squad because of the COVID situation and and the chance of, of all this happening, which we've seen. But... Yeah, I mean, the guy went from two months of really steady making kicks and saying, hey, you feel good about him, to the last three games, it's been a steady slide. He cost the Browns points. He changed game situations today by costing them that point when he did with the missed PAT. And, yeah, you have no faith going forward. So, uh, And he's Cody Parkey. And he's, he's Cody, Cody Parkey. Parkey. He's never he's been big ultimate, game Cody Parkey. Right. No, he's the, he's the ultimate gagger. In postseason games, like this is the guy you're counting on now. Whew, I, I don't know. I think it's a huge problem and something they'll probably address in the offseason. Not, not that that does you a whole lot of good right now going into a game you got to win. You ready? Showtime. 
On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Right. Okay. So, um, guys, the table set. Jason, we touched on everything, right? We wanted to talk about our pregame conversation, the playoff scenarios, a little about the game. And here we go. Well, here's the thing. Well, here's the thing. There's no guarantee these guys are coming back next week. And even if they do, they're not getting back on the practice field until, what, Thursday? Um, well, five days Saturday. I, I believe they could practice Wednesday, the, the, the close contact guys, if they continue to test negative. But here's the situation. I mean, the NFL reviewed the tape and obviously thought these guys were close enough contacts that they were ruled out of this game. So if they pass – they're back Wednesday. They would miss one practice at the most. Uh, because I guess you could interpret Wednesday and Thursday differently, right? But I think Wednesday would be the fifth day. However, if they don't pass, and that's Wills and that's all those guys, then then they don't play because a positive test is minimum 10 days. So, And if if Jedrick tests positive, who are, who is eliminated by his close contact? Correct. Or does the, or does the clock now, Well, he was not in the building all week. Enough. He was not in the right. building all week. He, he was okay. placed on the list um, at the beginning of the work week. What's happened here is no one is going in the no one except someone who needs direct treatment from the trainers is going in the facility on Monday and Tuesday. So in, when the players show up either late morning or early afternoon on Wednesday for their workout and for practice, that is the first time that they gather for the week. All the meetings on Monday and Wednesday and Wednesday morning are done virtually. That's just part of the protocol. So I don't I don't blame the Browns for this. Like this is a freak thing, a fluke thing. So I'm I, I'm not saying this to to point the finger at them and like it's the organization's fault for all the receivers being being ruled out. But now that you know that this can happen, don't you almost have to? I, I mean, in, in positional meetings you can't, but you almost have to try and strategically make sure that not everyone from the same position group is ever together at the same time. Yeah. Is that even possible? Well, and and they've, they've tried to do that to an extent with the spaced out locker rooms and, and meeting in bigger rooms and, um, you know, basically designating a guy to not be around. Um, you know, it, it was back six, eight weeks, not, not eight, but six, seven weeks ago. Now that the Browns had those five positive tests in six days. And so the protocol was tightened then. And they've, they've done that. Um, but they had been fortunate before. One of the tests was on a Friday. I think it was Chris Hubbard and Denzel and Taki, I think, missed one practice. And then they were cleared. The timing of this was on Saturday, the NFL said they were close contacts. And, and so, yeah, so now, like everyone else, right, you have to test every single morning and have to wait. And every time there's a positive test, there's a new round of contact tracing. There's an, you know, a, a five day period for the guys that are, are close or a 10 day period if they're positive. So yeah. Um, the NFL, like I said in the open, go ahead. Yeah. So, so guys, um, Brown Steelers for the division title would have been moved to Sunday night football in about three seconds. That's not the case because the Steelers have clinched. So I do not know the schedule and the NFL does not have to make an announcement until Monday. Um, they would like to play all the relevant games in one conference at the same time. So like it was two years ago, the Browns could be moved to 425, um, or they could play at one. I think they'll make sure that the Colts, the Ravens, 
the Dolphins all play Sunday at one as well. But again, usually those moves have to be made a minimum of 12 days in advance. But in week 17, it's a six-day window. So the Browns can wait and see what happens tonight and which games are huge. My gut tells me that it won't be moved because there's so many games still with with a level of uncertainty, specifically if Tennessee was to lose tonight um, to Green Bay in a game that kicks off here in a couple of hours. But we will see. So, um, yeah, I think that's all we got. Um, should be disappointed, but you're alive, baby. The Browns can lose to the Jets and still make the playoffs. It's a Christmas miracle. Enjoy it. Have a hell of a good week, <laughs> a nervous week. And we'll see what happens. We'll talk to you next time on Civilized Barking.